Hello and welcome to Raking Coals, a ministry podcast focused on talking about the ministry within the local church in order to better unify the universal church. Today with me as always is my co-host Josh Fauzi. Hello. And I am Cody Haggard and today on our third episode of Raking Coals, Josh and I are actually going to be talking about our ministry experience, kind of going into more detail about our backgrounds with ministry and how that has influenced us to get to the point of starting raking coals for those of you who have turned in who have who have do you want to try that again i am going to try this again i'm not going to edit it out because you guys need to know i make mistakes so for those of you who have tuned into our first episode of raking coals you will know that we talked briefly about our ministry experiences and our past but we are going to talk about that in more detail today and we're going to go ahead and start off with Josh sharing with you guys some of his background in ministry, some of his current involvement in ministry, and how that has kind of helped him get excited and prepared for what we are going to be doing with Raking Coals. Okay, so where to start? I mean, I it I, I can't remember a time where I wasn't serving somewhere. I mean, my mom forced me to serve in Sunday school with her when I was in what 10 and um and primarily with the preschoolers and the kindergarten kids so nothing substantial right now they're fun i love them i i've done sunday school for a very long time uh i i think they they gave me a classroom and they said here you're in charge of these children when i think i was like 14 and and from that kind of kind of went into just helping out with youth group to ending up leading a youth group for a little bit, and then I mean I've I, I did that for quite a f- couple of years actually, um, and I've been involved in men's ministry and leading that. I've worked in the AV teams at churches. I've worked. I've done VBS. I've, I, this past summer, I helped my sister plan VBS at our church, which we. I'm just going to throw this out there right now. If you are in charge of a vacation Bible school at your church, I commend all of you. Lord bless you. <laughs> I think you you are the unsung heroes of children's ministry because the amount of work that is required to run a vacation Bible school, you don't understand... You don't understand how much work there actually is until you have to do it. Like, you could go volunteer, and you might have to prep for, like, a week or something like that. Our vacation Bible school was, what, end of July? And Lydia and I were planning out, drawing up sets and planning out, like, how rotations were going to work and who's going to teach what and what. Like, we were doing that all in November. (laughs) Like it is so much work and it's really expensive and there's just so many moving parts and I just I vacation Bible school planners, you guys are really the unsung heroes of churches. Cause I have so much more respect for all of you now. <laughs> but um yeah, no, right now, um just current ministry stuff that I've been doing is I Cody and I, um, he's the youth well, he's the youth 
leader. I don't. Are you the youth pastor at the church? Are you the? You're like the assistant pastor. I don't know what your yeah, job is. Yeah, you know my my title, my role. It's always changing. I just tell everyone I'm the youth pastor okay. because right. it makes the most sense. All right, Cody's the youth pastor. I help him out every week, and um, we actually we we just had a leadership change a little bit in our group, and we have two amazing people who have rotated off and three great people who are coming on so that's that's really exciting right now um i still do a lot of it wouldn't be sunday school it would be wednesday school Um, (laughs) because it's wednesday nights at a large church here in this area i help out with their boys like the first through first through fifth grade boys and help lead groups there and write up lesson plans and do a lot of stuff um over there, mostly just make sure kids don't pelt each other too much with dodgeballs. Um, but it's it's fun. Uh, the kids are great. I love it. I am really. I've ha- I haven't had as much excitement in the children's ministry as I have with this group. Um, and then I also, I'm I'm the treasurer accountant for a uh, very small inner city church currently. So I help out. Um, I, I do a little bit of security during Sunday service, um, but I am I am the bookkeeper. So uh, just a lot of church administration stuff that a lot of people don't realize conversations that have to be had and tr- a lot of tracking of where money's supposed to be going. And it's a small church. It has a very small budget, but it it's a lot because they do a lot and it's one it's one of those ministries that i am very happy to be involved in and very very happy to see how god is using them in inner city cleveland um but that's currently what i'm doing cody yeah currently uh like josh mentioned i am uh my technical title is pastoral resident I function kind of like an assistant pastor, but my primary role is with youth and my primary responsibility is with youth as the youth pastor of a church here in Strongsville, Ohio. Uh, But there was a whole lot that happened before that happened. So I'll go through a little bit of how I've been involved in ministry in the past and how God kind of led me to this point of being bivocational and now starting a parachurch ministry in uh, E43, the the E43 Collective, which uh, Josh and I have just launched, and I'm just going to give him a huge shout out right now because he has taken care of like all the logistical side of stuff, and it's been really amazing. This guy's super efficient. So, so uh, if you guys like what you see on E43.com, uh, I'm sorry, e43collective.com. That Can't is even get all, the website right. <laughs> I know, I'm failing here, I'm failing. Uh, I'm trying to go too fast. But if you guys like what you see on e43collective.com and you want to give a shout out, give it all to Josh Fauzi. He's doing a great job. Uh, but a long time ago, for me about 10 years ago, which for those of you who have read my first blog post about 10 years in, then you know that I've been doing ministry for about 10 years at this point, and I have a whole lot more that I will be writing in that series. Uh, but about 10 years ago at this point, I was a senior in high school, had just finished up coming back from a camp and had had a fantastic experience and just knew that coming back from my senior year of high school was going to be a great year. I went to a Christian high school, so I was looking forward to being around a good group of students 
doing football, doing all this stuff with my friends, and it was going to be a great year. And then what ended up happening, I ended up suffering an injury, so I didn't play any football. So that was kind of crazy. And I was like, I got a lot of free time on my hands. And Josh and I, the youth group we were in at the time, because Josh and I grew up together, for those of you who don't know, had just gone through a transition. Our youth pastor uh, got into a situation where he and his wife had to move. It was just uh, the Lord had put them in a stage of life where they would be moving away. And it was really sad because everyone really loved him. But it did leave a little bit of a void in our youth ministry. And the way in which our church responded was to say, hey, we've got a group of college kids who are pretty good Christian uh, young people, and we would like to start training them up and teaching them how to be youth leaders. And the pastor kind of took them under his wing and started to develop them and get them involved in leading the youth ministry of our church at the time. And so since I had suffered an injury, I was like, hey, you know, I could probably help out a little bit. I grew up going to Christian school. I knew a little bit about the Bible. I read it quite a bit and was involved in a lot of the youth group stuff and a lot of Bible studies. And so I had asked the pastor if I could help out with the junior high youth ministry. And I got plugged in and there was a Bible study that met at my house and I led that kind of let it no one really let it i just kind of you were the de facto leader i I asked the questions and everybody else just talked (laughs) whether or not the questions were answered i'm not sure most probably weren't but we had a whole lot of fun uh we were a community of young christians who loved the lord and loved each other and we had a ton of fun together and can i also add we were always together in some sh- way, shape, or form. We were always at, with at least one other person in our group. And I'm just going to throw this out. Like, Cody did an amazing job leading that group. Um, and it, it was just a, it was a great environment where we just all came together and we just wanted to learn about God. And it wasn't, it doesn't have to be boring. I'm just going to throw that out. Absolutely. And I talk all the time, like whenever discipleship comes up or community or anything of that discussion comes up, that is where my mind always goes. And I always try and share that example with people because it felt like such a really genuine and dedicated small little group of teenagers who love Jesus, loved each other. And we had fun all the time. And the type of trouble that we got into was, like, minimal at best. It was like putting holes in someone's house because we were running around in the basement. Like, nothing nothing bad. Ripping door handles off the doors. (laughs) (laughs) But um, after that tangent, it was that experience that really kind of made God press on my heart to study um, pastoral ministry and to look into going into pastoral ministry look into going more vocational Bible teaching. And so I went to the Moody Bible Institute after co- after high school. That's where I attended for college. And my, my first year, I spent the year out at Moody Bible Institute's Spokane campus. So I went from living in Strongsville, Ohio, to Spokane, Washington, which was really far away. It was super duper far away from where I grew up. So left home, left really far away, had a great time, learned a lot of things, 
then transferred to the main campus in Chicago, spent three years there, met my wife there, which was awesome, had a fantastic experience, got to be involved in a really, really solid youth group out there at a really solid church that is still doing well to this day, got a lot of great experience, got opportunities to learn how to preach, got opportunities to learn how to teach, got opportunities to learn ministry, staff management, and all these great things that they take you through at Moody. Ended up getting married before finishing, before graduating. So my wife and I were married in 2012. I had one more year to go. And we were still doing ministry. At that point, we had transitioned from doing the youth stuff to leading a college group in a local church there, which was really cool because it gave us the opportunity to lead a ministry with our peers. And that was something that was very, very interesting because we had a college group and we only had some Moody students. Moody Bible Institute was literally right down the street and we only had like three Moody students outside of the leaders who would come and take part in the college ministry. And most of our students were non-Moody students, which from my perspective and the, uh, and the guy who was helping me lead it, that was a good thing. That was a strong thing. And that was a really good way to learn about working with your peers. It doesn't matter what age you're at, um, but your peers are probably the people you have the most direct influence over. As someone who is older, you can mentor someone and you can have great influence on someone, but there is always the generational gap of understanding. But when you are able to minister to your peers, you are able to uh, really experience life together and you are able to learn alongside each other in a way that's really special. And that's something that was happening in that group that was really cool. And so after finishing, I ended up taking my first full-time job in a church and the only full-time job in church that I had uh, at that point. Also, uh, I had a lot of experience in the summers. I would come back here to Strongsville and help lead the youth ministry and do a bunch of stuff in church. I would, I would preach. I would teach. I, church, I taught uh, hermeneutics one summer. That was very interesting because I quickly learned that most people don't have that much interest in advanced Bible study methods. Though Josh did. He actually read the whole entire textbook I gave him, which was impressive. It was awesome. It's a great textbook. (laughs) I highly recommend it. And so uh, after finishing, I got a job as a family life director. My job was to oversee youth ministry and to transition slowly into overseeing the children's ministry and that was fast-tracked quite a bit. I had a very good experience at the church out in New Jersey with having a great senior pastor who was a great leader and, and very influential and gave me tons of opportunities, got to learn a lot, got opportunities to, to do all types of service and all types of outreach. And, and then, unfortunately, I, I kind of had to step into the leading the children's ministry under under unfortunate circumstances the pastor's wife actually was diagnosed with cancer and she was the one leading the children's ministry at the time and it was just going through treatments and all of that she had to step away just couldn't do it and for those of you who've known someone who's gotten sick or have been sick yourselves you just know you can't do life the way you did uh, when you're sick like that and so i had to transition into that and quickly had to learn 
how to do children's ministry. And one thing I'll say is that my experience leading children's and youth ministry taught me a whole lot about the church that I think every single pastor, every single um, person who is in a church should at least have some familiarity with how the job of your children's pastor and youth pastor works. And really, really appreciate that because it's complicated and it's busy and it's hectic and you're dealing with children and their parents. And volunteers. And volunteers. So I got the opportunity to lead that. And uh, a few months later, after jumping into that responsibility, the pastor had been called to a new assignment in Cincinnati, where he was from. Uh, He wanted to move back to be closer with his parents because his parents were, were sick at the time. Fortunately, his wife had made it through cancer, and she beat cancer. Praise God for that. Um, but his parents' health was was in a rough position, so they relocated to be close to them, and then we were in a position where it was me and a volunteer associate pastor and an office manager who never personally felt called to be a pastor at his at any point in his life, but it was something that God slowly worked him into. It's a really cool story. <laughs> And, and now he is is actually uh, of that church. He is one of the co-pastors, which is pretty cool. And so it was the three of us who were kind of in charge of making sure that this whole thing doesn't fall apart and got great opportunities there. I got the opportunity to preach once to twice a month for a while, really got to develop my skills as a communicator of God's truth. And and that was where I feel like God really affirmed me as being someone who's gifted in preaching. And that is just what I love to do. I love to teach the Bible. I love to do it in the fashion of preaching and the style of preaching. And it was at that point where I was also doing a ton of stuff, lots of stuff, very busy, very full calendar, very full schedule. And all I, my wife and I were also expecting our second child at the time. And it was getting challenging, and an opportunity arose for us to move back home. And with that, had to come working outside of the church for income. And so I ended up moving back here to Strongsville, where Josh and I are currently located and recording. Took a job working in a manufacturing plant, and now I am also a pastoral resident, assistant pastor, youth pastor, whatever you guys want to call me, at in my local church now. Uh, while I have gone through seminary, and it's been a wild ride. Since then, my wife have added another child to the mix. Yes, we are crazy, but we are also done at this point. <laughs> and and God's really taught me a lot through that. And, and right now, like Josh mentioned earlier, we're doing the youth at our local church. And it is the reality that we go to this small church, which is lovely and beautiful, but we live in this giant community. Where we live is a community of almost 50,000 people. It's more than 50,000 people. Yeah, more That's... than 50,000 people. It's growing. It's one of the it's one of the most sought-after communities to live in in Northeast Ohio, which doesn't make sense. The school actually isn't very good. Nope. But... <laughs> people are surprised about that, especially with all the taxes. No, um, no it's, it's interesting because the city that we live in right now is... Five, it's a five. It's a twenty-five mile square city. It's literally a square. It's five miles by five miles, and we have fifty-six thousand people living in it. And it's it's a lot more crowded 
than it used to be. But the crazy thing is, is that we've, we have less and less churches. I mean, we have the two big Catholic churches that run in the center of town. And then, I mean, if you include our small church, there's what, three, four other churches in the city. And I know, I know, including ours, three of them are not over 500 people. Yeah, we have we have a community that the reason the church that Josh and I grew up going to uh, was even planted in the first place, Pathway Church, was because the ratio of church to population in Strongsville was super low. And at that point, Strongsville wasn't even over 50,000 right. people. Since then, uh, there's there's been more people coming into the community, more neighborhoods being built. The community has expanded, but there's only been maybe one additional church that has been planted in Strongsville since then. And part of that is due to the fact that the Roman Catholic influence in Northeast Ohio is kind of... It's kind of like a fish out of water, really, because most of your main huge Roman Catholic hubs are on the East Coast, the the Northeast, and then you have this area of Ohio that is just super duper Catholic. Like the Cleveland area is kind of notorious, not notorious isn't the right word, but is known for being a highly Roman Catholic population. And so we have this this kind of dilemma where you've got a huge community where most of the people aren't going to church and we have so many people we can reach we have a lot of young people we have a lot of young families we've got a lot of high school students we've got a lot of people who are even older living in the community and there's so many people to reach and i think something that's kind of got us thinking especially with the e43 collective and raking coals and wanting to do church unification is that another church plant could help it could help further reach people but until churches expand or or god brings another church here there's a whole lot that we as a community of churches in Strongsville, could be doing together in a very small town. Like, people don't have to drive far to get anywhere no. in Strongsville. And it takes lots an of hour opportunity. to walk from border to border. I mean, if you, and that's walking at a slow pace. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it, One of the big things that I know Cody and I have talked about is just there's such a, there's such a need. But... What happens is churches don't talk to each other and they don't coordinate with each other and they end up just trying to do the same thing that every other church is trying to do. And it's like it's almost if we work together, we would be more effective because right now we're all we're all parts of the body. We're all units, if you want to put it that way, like military units. We're we're here. We're supposed to be God's representatives in this spiritually dark world that's under spiritual warfare. And we're all trying to attack the same targets. But I know like our church might not be as well equipped to hit certain targets or certain segments as other churches. So I know one thing that we've talked about is just trying to trying to get churches to start talking to each other and, to, and, and talk about what are you doing? Is it, is it working? What are the lessons that you've learned by doing it? Is this something that 
we could also do and do it just as effectively as you guys are? Or is there something that you're not doing that you're not doing or can't do well that we are equipped to better better do? And then kind of work with each other to say like, okay, you have a great you this church over here does a great job reaching youth. Okay? Is there a way that we can coordinate all our youth groups to meet up once a month at your church? So that all the kids who go to all the churches in this city can get to know each other. So that when they all find themselves at Strongsville High School, okay, with the if there's 500 of them, with the 2,500 other students that go to that school, they know each other. They can have a community within the school there. And Strongsville High School, I, there's a teacher there. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to get him in trouble. But I've known him since I was in high school, and when I when he when I was in high school, he it was his first year as a teacher, and uh, one of the things that he really did was he he agreed to be an advisor for a Bible study we started on the campus, and that Bible study is still going, and I've been separated from high school for eight years, but I mean it's it doesn't meet us regularly, but they still get what 15, 20 kids every every two weeks once every two weeks but you but you think about it that school has a lot more christians in there yeah, and it's not even that's not even one percent of the school i know and um and and it's very much student-led because laws <laughs> but um but like so if this church does youth really well why don't we bring all our kids to you once once a month and they get to know each other you this church over here does uh, outreach to l- lower income families so why don't you guys tell us what you guys need or what these families need so that if we're doing a collection or if we're doing a like food drive or something like that, we can say, okay, these people know this, this segment of our community so well. Let's ask them so that we're not collecting the wrong things. And if, if as a church we start talking to each other, I think we would, we'd be able to reach people better. I don't know. Does that make sense, Cody? Yeah, it totally makes <laughs> sense to me. And and that could be because this is a conversation we've had a lot. But I don't think that it you know it's confusing in right. any way that you put it. But but definitely coordinating, coordinating as churches. Because I think what we do is we try to have our churches be so effective. We want to be effective, and they're good motives. They're right. good things. That we think that we have to do it on our own, right? We think that we're alone in this, and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a community of of churches out there, and we can help each other. There is opportunity to help one another. It could be, it could even be, if you are a church plant and you start networking with other pastors, he might, a pastor in the area might have tons of books he wants to give you. Right. I mean, th- there could be all sorts of things, or, or a church could be getting rid of children's curriculum that they're not right. going to be using anymore, or you know, helping one another out. Or it's like, um, what we went to. A few years ago, I don't know if you were here for it, but we went to that Gladiators game or that Monsters, minor league hockey. And we reached out to a church down the street and said, hey, can we borrow a bus? And they're like, sure. We'll even provide the bus driver. (laughs) And it's just like, because we had a bunch of people from an inner city church that we were trying to minister to that that we were trying to get to go to the game with us. And we just didn't didn't have the seats. 
in the cars. And they they were it it allowed us to minister to those people a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's that's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. That's the goal of what we're doing right that's what we think god's called us to do and so both josh and i we've been doing ministry uh for me about 10 years for josh about nine years of of really like full-blown independent ministry we both did children's ministry as as teenagers josh a little bit longer than i have i started doing children's when i was about 16 um Mm -hmm. but but all good experiences, and, and we've been doing this for a little bit of time, and we just started thinking, and man, what can we be doing to reach all these people in this community? Right. Because if we continue to try and do it all ourselves, we're only going to be able to reach so many. Right. Or You're only going to be able to reach so many with with small amounts of resources and people and uh, as we as we challenge ourselves to really make Christ king in our communities i think we have to try and break down some of the barriers that we have forget about the fact that we meet in different locations on sunday and say hey we got to get after some things together and right. You know, even going as far as talking to other youth pastors about, do mm-hmm. your kids think they're like the only Christians in their school? Mm-hmm. You know, especially of of smaller youth right. groups, because hey, that's a that's mm-hmm. a lie we can easily debunk. Right. Let's start hanging out together. Right. You know, let's do stuff, and and that's kind of where Josh and I have have really been motivated to begin doing this stuff ourselves talking about it with all of you guys who are listening also getting your input and hearing are there people out there who are doing this please share your stories come uh, you know send us a a contact form on the website and we would love to be in touch with you and and see what you're doing and and maybe we can get you on here talking and reach out to us and we'll reach out to you and because there's so much going on around the world I, i know the first episode we kind of covered just like the thought process about why it, like why did this come about, and I know like my side of the story was I I was at a conference that was focused on the church in the Middle East and there is so much, so much going on over there, and a lot of it is also based here, and there's so many people doing things that if I didn't go to the conference I would have never heard about. And they're doing things that aren't, they're not unique, but their approaches are different than how we would do it here. And it's working for them. Um, and through that conference, I met a couple people out in, on the East Coast where it's, they're doing stuff that's effective. And one of the things that I came back, I told Cody, uh, was I, I want to find a way that we can get their stories out there. And allow you guys, the listeners, to be learning from them. Because there's things that, like, I, I have a friend. I'm get, We're going to see if he comes on. i got to talk to him a little bit more about it. But, um, the, I mean, he was at American University with InterVarsity. And just, like, the difference between that type of college and the ministry that takes place on that college and how you approach ministry at that college compared to Cleveland State university where i went to school and because cleveland state university is very much the college campus i was involved in over there 
the the college campus Bible study I was involved in over there was very much it it used it was very much focused on people who were going to church already, which is fine, okay, and like but like talking to to my friend out on the east coast it's it's a it's a american university is a college where everybody wants to change the world and they're very open to listening to things where at cleveland state it was very much you came you took class you drove back to your parents house and you stayed there and there was no dorming not much and just the way you approach ministry is different and success looks different I think that's the other thing important that's important to understand is you need to understand your ministry and you need to understand what what are you, what are the benchmarks you you should be looking at for to define success because every church is different and at a smaller church with youth group as an example because we're that's a lot of our background if you get ten kids that's a great night. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you go to a larger church like the one that we have down the street, um, where they get they get 150 kids every night. Well, they have 8,000 people going to the church every Sunday, and we have 150. Mm-hmm. So for us, that's 10 kids is awesome. <laughs> right? And and for them, 150 kids. I don't know how they do their metrics, but it for them they they see it as a successful student ministry. Which so so you kind of have to define how how your ministry should look like. You can't be that church down the street. We can't be that church down the street, and we have to acknowledge that, and we have to understand we can't do it the same way that they do it. Yeah, and part of our discussions as well too is this is a podcast not just for pastors or ministry leaders or staff people on church, but this is a podcast really for everyone who considers himself to be a Christian. And if you consider yourself to be a Christian, you're listening to this, discipleship happens when every single member of the church is trying to be involved in it. Yeah, That's how true discipleship happens. Like youth pastors and children's directors and pastors are very effective at it because they have made that their full-time job, but they don't want to do it alone. They don't. They can't. They can't. It's impossible. And and so it is also embracing that no matter your church size, if your church is going to be effective in discipleship, it takes buy-in from everybody involved, and it takes initiative. That's that's something that I think I, I just haven't seen in a church. I have not ever had someone come up to me and say, like, hey, I want to disciple people. I I have had people come up and say they want to help out with things, which is is kind of like saying that in a different mm-hmm. way. It's it's getting them involved in it. But I think some of us get a little timid and afraid of our own capabilities, and it's like God has equipped us right. with the Word. Let's let the Word do what the Word does. Let's let the Bible do what the Bible does, and. What you've learned, share. And what you don't know, be honest about. And and God will guide the rest. And so a huge thing that's important for me as we have these recordings and these discussions is that people are being empowered to do ministry. This is a place in which when 
it logs off and you hear that tune at the end, you are excited to go out and do ministry. You want the podcast to be over because you want to go and do something. You don't just want to sit and listen to us all day. <laughs> I have no idea why you'd want to do that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't think that that's your, anybody's primary interest at this point. But Cody and I will have discussions, and I just look over at his wife, and she's just rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot more goofy than I present myself on this show. But those are, those are kind of my last thoughts on that, Josh. If you got anything closing to say here, we'll start wrapping it up. I think it's really important to remember... I mean, Cody and I leading ministries will tell you there is always a need. And um, it's it's very it's very easy to just look at the person leading the ministry and say, that's his job. Let him deal with it. But the reality is, is that we we're we're so when you lead a ministry, you're really busy. And there's so many different parts going on, whether it be just funding being a basic one to lesson plans to trying to keep up with planning events and planning planning your what you're going to do three months from now and it when you have people who are coming up and saying hey do you need help with something this is where i'm this is what i'm interested in helping in and just being honest with them and saying, I'm not even sure I want to do this. That That's awesome because if if it was us, we'd be like, okay, you, you're not sure if this is what you want to do. How about if we try it out? And if it's not what you need to do, if it's not what you know God's calling you to do, then it's fine if you take a step back. You're, you don't have to be tied down to a ministry for 15, 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of... What, what ministry leaders are very good at, too, is we know... If you're leading a ministry, you know what your needs are. Right. If I need somebody to help me get ready for an event, I know that. And I can call on that person and be like, hey, I need these rooms set up. Can you be there and do that at right. this time? And, and those are soft ways to start getting right. involved in ministry. Um, and, and I just want to thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. This is episode three of Raking Coals. We've got three down, Josh. Hopefully many, many more to go. Yes. And we have we, at least a year because that's how much we paid for the website. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we just want to thank you guys so much for, for taking a chance and listening to this. And hopefully you guys are willing to share what you're learning with your friends, whether it's passing on the knowledge or passing on the podcast. And for more information, you can check us out at e43collective.com, e43collective.com. We are the Raking Coals Podcast. We thank you so much for listening today, and we hope that you have a blessed day.